0: Out in your sermon notes as we go, and uh, I know that we're hungry for revival. We've had some great messages. We've talked about how we connect with God. We've talked about that how we move and then God moves in our life. And we have talked about prayer and relationship. Pastor Merrill, what a great message last week about the being the Elijahs of God in revival. I've loved that, but I want to talk to you today about something very very special. And that is a characteristic of revival from the beginning of time all the way throughout church history to today. And that is, is that anytime time God moves with his power, the word of the Lord spreads. That any time God is beginning to move in the earth, people start talking about it. And I want to talk to you about that today in revival, that a big part of revival is us talking about what God is doing today. And so I want to just get your hearts ready for this, and let's start in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, when when Israel went into battle, the nations knew that they were in trouble because they heard what power Yahweh had. And so people stopped picking on Israel because they knew the power of the Lord because the word began to spread that God's power was being displayed through Israel. In the New Testament, when Jesus began in the Gospels to preach and teach and heal the Bible says that His fame spread throughout the land. Everybody knew who Jesus was. Everybody knew what was taking place because everybody was talking about Jesus. And Then it continues on in the New Testament through the book of Acts and through the epistles as the church grew and the word spread of the power of God being displayed in the church and everywhere. It says throughout six times in the book of Acts, it says the church grew in power and the word spread of what God was doing inside of the church. And throughout church history, word of revival has spread everywhere. And that is what needs to be done today. Listen to me. We need to spread the word of the Lord. We need to spread that God is still alive, that He is still at work, that His love, that His grace, that His power is still available today. It's available for your life. We need to share the good news. It is meant to be shared. This past week, I... Fell into two very abusive, destructive kind of situations that I, I wasn't looking for, but I got to tell you, my heart broke this week as I was exposed to some things that are going on, not on the other side of the world, not in the inner city, but right here in the neighborhood that we are called to live in. And I saw the most evil, broken, abusive situations. And I realized, as I was watching this unfold, that it's happening in my neighborhood, I realized that the only hope of the world is Jesus. And as I was going through that, and I, I, the other week I was talking to someone, I have never talked to somebody that was so hopeless in my life. I thought they were maybe hopeless about some issue or something, and I realized as I talked to them, they're just flat out hopeless about everything. There was absolutely no hope in their life. And I realize that the only hope is Jesus. Because as I look at the world in which we live, it is not getting better and better. It is getting worse and worse. And as I watch the news and I see the very foundations of our nation and our world shaking, I realize that the church is the only solid foundation because of what we sang today. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Everything else... Everything else is sinking sand. And as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we are the place that is solid. We are the place that is victorious. And we have the Word of the Lord to share with this world that is lost and is dying and that is falling apart. Our calling is to tell that the power of God can transform a life. That you don't have to stay the way that you are. There is hope. There is breakthrough. That God came to save you and to make you whole. And we are to preach that because this is the only hope of the world. And as I think about that, I I go immediately to Matthew chapter 28. And I want to just take a look at this passage of Scripture together today. Jesus has ministered throughout His life. He has now died on the cross for sins. He has proclaimed... It is finished. He is about to ascend into heaven where He will go back to His glorious state and and be with the Father. And it's this final moment in Matthew chapter 28 with His 11 disciples that He gives what we call the Great Commission. And I want to look at this today and break it down. We're going to begin in verse 16. It says, Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some of them doubted. Now let's stop right there. The eleven, they come, the the small group of disciples that come to meet with Jesus, and when they see Jesus, they begin to worship Him, but then it tells us that some of them doubted. We know that they doubted earlier when the women came back from the tomb, they didn't believe them. We know that Thomas really doubted, didn't he? Saying, I'm not going to believe until I can touch the scars. We know that they had doubted in the past, but now they had seen Jesus. And the word doubted here, when you look at it, it's not talking about, well, I don't believe you because they see Jesus. He is alive. They are worshiping Him. They're all worshiping Him. But some doubted. What does that word doubt mean? It actually means that that, kind of that place where you don't have all your questions answered. It's that place where you're not sure what the future holds. That place of just that... Tinge of fear in your heart, you're not exactly sure what's going to happen now because there's so many unanswered questions. But you know what I love about this is that even in the midst of that, Jesus still commissions them, but most importantly, they still worship. And there are going to be times in life when you don't have all the questions answered. And if people asked you questions, you couldn't answer them all, but you can always worship. Because Jesus is alive. He is all-powerful. He is with you. I want to tell you today that even if your questions aren't answered today, still worship. Still listen. Still obey. And and just go after what God has for you because He is Jesus. And He is alive. And He is all-powerful. Look at verse 18. And Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. And be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's break down what Jesus is saying there. And if you want to write this down, you can. First of all, he's saying I have all authority. I have been given all authority. The same word as might, dominion, power. I have it all. And the disciples knew that he had it all. When Jesus taught, they said, man, this guy is speaking with authority. When he would heal somebody, they knew his authority. When he would pronounce the forgiveness of sins, they realized he had the authority to do that. Jesus never met a demon-possessed person that he couldn't cast the demon out of. So Jesus had the power over the enemy. Now he has the power over death, the ultimate victory. They knew that he had all authority. And now he's saying that I'm giving that authority to you. You know, when Jesus ministered and walked this earth, I love what one author said about Jesus. That wherever Jesus walked, hell crumbled. Because the devil couldn't hold on to wherever Jesus was. He was. It was his power, it was his dominion, his authority. And now he says, I've given that to you. I'm giving you that same authority, that same power that I have. I'm now bestowing that on you. I am commissioning you. You are now on a mission for me. And he says earlier in Matthew chapter 16, when he's talking to the disciples about the church, he says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I'm handing over the keys. I'm giving you the keys to the car, to the house. I'm handing them over to you. What happens when you give somebody your keys? You're giving them access to maybe your home or your car or your office. or You're you're handing that. You're giving them access to it but you're also giving them the authority to use or go into whatever you've given them. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm giving you the access and authority. You are now going to be on a mission for me. And you have all authority to perform that. He calls us to action. He says here in this passage of Scripture, basically, i got two things for you to do. Go and tell. You need to be active in these things. I'm commissioning you to go and to tell, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach. I want you to go out and do these things. And to make a disciple, a disciple basically means an apprentice or someone that's in training, and that's what our call is, that we're in training to be like Jesus, to be conformed into His image. And so when you think about that, that we are called to go and make disciples, that action, to go and tell the good news. And we're to obey this no matter how we feel. I love the song that we sang today. I'm not going to go by what I see. I'm not going to go by what I feel. I'm going to go in faith because Jesus says we're to obey him no matter what we face. Because Jesus is with us. And we should go without fear knowing that he is with us. And that's what the early church did. They just operated under the basic principle that God is sovereign He is in control, that He is with them. And and the early church depended on the power and the guidance of God. And that's the same place that we need to be in that full role of dependence. Why? Because He's commissioned us. And now listen to this. I love this part. Because He says that I am with you always. I am with you always. And I want you to look at that and maybe even highlight that in your Bible. Because this is not a promise of God. A promise of God is that God says, I will perform this, or I will do this. This isn't a promise, this is a fact. That right now, Jesus is with you. This is not something that's going to happen down the road. It's right now. It is next hour, next day, next month. It is all the time. I am with you always. It's not something we're looking forward to someday. It's something that is happening right now. And God wants you to know this so much that he repeats it over and over and over again from the beginning of Scripture to the end that I am with you. And so we have to fulfill the mission that God gave us because he is with us. How many of you remember the program Mission Impossible? All right. My favorite part of that, I was a little, little kid when that was, you know what my favorite part was? The tape recorder at the beginning. It said, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is, do the mission, and what did they say? This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. I don't know, that was my, that was the highlight of the show for me, was the blowing up of the tape machine or the, the telephone or what? I just, I loved that part. That was, I was always like, how do they do that? That's the coolest thing in the whole world. But I, I, that's that, that idea of here's your mission if you choose to accept it. Wouldn't it be great if every morning we woke up, there's a little tape recorder right next to our bed, and we press it, and it's God's voice? Daryl, your mission today, if you choose to accept it is, and this tape will explode in five minutes, throw it out the window. Poof, be, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? That'd be great. Then I'd know what God wants me to do. Jesus, before he left, gave what we call the Great Commission. And there is no doubt that probably every church adopts the Great Commission in some form. That we as a church, we support missionaries here and around the world. We proclaim the good news and make disciples right here in Mount Prospect. The, the Great Commission is the mission of the church. It's definitely the truth that's, that's found in Scripture, that, that that is the mission of the church. But look where Jesus talks about this and who He talks to. He talks to a very small group of individual disciples. And He gives the Great Commission not to the church, but to disciples, to individuals. And so what that tells me is the Great Commission isn't just the mission of the church, although it is. Listen to me. The Great Commission is actually my mission. It's not something missionaries do or pastors do or the church does. The Great Commission is my mission. The Great Commission is your mission. And I'd like you to say that this morning today, that the Great Commission is my commission. The Great Commission is my commission. The Great Commission is my commission. The Great Commission is is your mission. God is setting you out. And I want to tell you, we need to be born again. We need to be Spirit-filled. But most of all, we need to be great commissioned Christians. Telling of what God is doing in the world today. This is the only hope of the world. And if there is one thing, listen to me today, if there is one thing that the devil doesn't want you to do, is talk about Jesus. The devil knows that he has lost you. You now belong to God. He gets it. And the fight's over. He understands it. But listen to me. He really doesn't care what you do, except when you start talking about Jesus. When you start letting your little light shine. Because then you're jeopardizing other people coming to Jesus. And so the one thing that the devil doesn't want you to do is to talk about Jesus. And so he's going to do whatever he can to separate you and, and keep you away from talking about Jesus. Whatever fear, whatever he has to do, he is going to do that to separate you from talking about Jesus. Do you remember when Mark Cahill was here? He spoke at Ascension a number of years back, preached on an Easter Sunday morning here about witnessing, and he wrote a great book, The One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. And the one thing you can't do in heaven is share the gospel. The one thing you can't do is, is tell others about Jesus because everybody there knows about Jesus. And if the Great Commission is my commission, then I better start talking about Jesus. I better start saying His name. It is the only name by which people can be saved. It is the only name by which people can be made whole. And listen to me today. We are so comfortable talking about the weather, talking about our favorite sports teams and how they're doing, telling everybody the latest phone that we just got that will probably be obsolete in a couple weeks. But we love talking about everything else except for the things that really matter. We need to be talking about Jesus. We need to be sharing our testimony. We need to talk about the most important thing in everybody's life because everybody you know would be better off with a relationship with Jesus Christ. The very last words of Jesus are found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. This is right before he ascends into heaven. And he has a very simple command for you and me, our mission. What is it? Be my witnesses. Jesus says, just be my witnesses. That's all I want you to do. Go out and and talk about me. Be my witnesses. That's pretty simple. That's that's it right there. You know what's interesting about a witness? If you're subpoenaed to testify in court as a witness... You don't have to make an argument. You don't have to make the case. You're not a lawyer. You're not the judge. You just show up, and and, and the only requirements you have, and there's three of them, you can write them down if you want, but if you're a witness, all you have to do is tell what you saw, tell what you heard, and tell what you experienced. That's all you have to do. You don't have to know the finer points of the law. You don't have to do anything. You just have to come in and say, this is what I saw, this is what I heard, this is what I've experienced and that is what a, a witness does and that's what we're called to do we may not have all our questions answered we may not know what the future holds we may not even know what god's doing but we can still tell what he's done in our life in john chapter 9 and we don't have time to uh, go through the entire chapter because it's uh, it's it is the entire chapter this story is the entire chapter but i'm going to just talk about it for a few minutes and you can go and read it later tonight and, and just take some time to read John chapter 9. But Jesus comes in toward the temple, and they see a man born blind since birth. And they, uh, the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned? Why is this man born blind? Did he do something wrong? Did his parents do something wrong? And Jesus says, no, neither. You know, it's interesting in life. We always ask ourselves, how did the world get so bad? Why are things so awful? And we want to explain why why is it so bad, God? What just tell me why it's so bad. You know what Jesus says? It's, it's really not about that. It's that my glory might be displayed in his life. And I believe that God wants to display his glory in our world today, no matter how evil it is. He says it's it's that God's glory will be displayed right here in this guy's life, right now in this situation. So Jesus heals him. What's interesting about the story is when Jesus heals him, he's blind. He doesn't really know who healed him. Jesus had compassion on him and healed him, so he doesn't really know. And obviously it's in the temple, the religious leaders are there, they don't like Jesus, and so they're trying to, to question this guy and get him to curse Jesus and all these different things. They're dragging his parents and his family in and they're talking to him and, and he doesn't know the whole story and, and obviously he doesn't know as much Bible and, and doesn't know God like these religious leaders know and so it's like, how can he answer? You know what his answer is? Finally, in, in, the, in, the, in the um in in verse 25. There it is, verse 25, 925. But this I know. I was blind, but now I can see. This I know. I was blind, now I can do am I as smart as you know? Do I know everything that happened? No. But I know I was blind, and now I see. That's the witness. That's the testimony. That's what you can tell the world. I was blind, but now I see. I was was dead, but now I'm alive. I was lost, but now I'm found. And that's all we have to do. That's what God is saying. Just be bold in sharing what I've done in your life. Talk about me. Because one way revival spreads is by people talking about the power of God in their lives. And telling the story. Telling the Gospel. Our Christian faith is a missionary faith. Not just for missionaries, but for all of us. Why? Because 1 John 4.8 tells us that God is love. God loves everybody. John 3.16. He loves the whole world. And first, excuse me, 2 Peter 3.9, God's not willing that any should perish. That's the type of God we have. And our faith is a missionary faith. So if God is love and He loves everybody, He's not willing anybody to perish. God is counting on you to tell other people about him. He's counting on that the great commission is my commission, that the great commission is your commission. That's what he is counting on. And he wants us to do this not just where we're comfortable, but everywhere. We're to go into all the world. And that's what we do as we give to missions is to go into all the world, but we're to go into places where we're not comfortable. Sure, we're to go to our homes and our workplaces and our schools and maybe we're not comfortable sharing there, I don't know. But even in the darkest situations, we're called to go and to talk about what God is doing. We fulfill the Great Commission, our commission, my commission, by talking about Jesus. Everybody you know needs to hear the story. There's no one that doesn't need to hear and I just want you to think about this just real quickly, and, and, and I want you to think about this so seriously. What if no one told you about Jesus? What if that family member never introduced you to Jesus or that friend? You never went to that crusade, or you never listened to that voice on the radio, or you never watched that face on TV. What if you never went to that small group? What if no one invited you to church? What if you didn't know about Jesus? What if no one told you? And what would your life look like without Jesus? I got saved at a very young age. And uh, I am so thankful that God placed me in a Christian family. And I count it such a privilege as I watched my young boys grow up And know that at their age, I gave my life to Jesus. And now at a very young age, they've given their lives to Jesus. And I can't imagine, listen to me, I can't imagine what my life would look like without Jesus. I can't imagine how lost and ugly my life would look if I had not been rescued by God. And I don't know when you came to know the Lord, maybe it was as a child, maybe it was as an adult, somewhere in between, but someone told you about Jesus. And now there's others that need you to tell them about Jesus. Because who you belong to shapes who you are. And when you belong to Jesus, He is shaping and molding your life. Conforming you into His image. He's given you a mission to accomplish The Great Commission is not the mission of the church. It's your mission. It is my mission. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? And I just want to give you some moments with the Lord. One of the biggest keys to revival is talking about Jesus. It's not just lifting Jesus up that all people will be drawn to Him, but it's that... When we share about Jesus, when we talk about Jesus, we get closer to Him. Our boldness rises. In the book of Acts, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that gave them the power to be witnesses. And so we're operating in the power and the giftings of the Holy Spirit as we talk about Jesus. There are people all around you living next door to you, working next to you that need to know about Jesus. And instead of talking about the weather and your favorite team or your phone, why not start talking and somehow bringing it around to Jesus? And I'm just going to give you a, a moment here and I'm going to ask Peter if he can find a quiet Walt altar worship CD to just put on. And I just want to give you a couple minutes with God. I'm going to stop talking here in just a moment and I'm going to let you and the Holy Spirit do some business. And I want you to think about who you need to start talking to about Jesus. Who maybe you need to invite to a golf event or to a movie, or maybe tonight, or to church. You need to invite them back to church on Sunday. Maybe you know a prodigal that's far away. Maybe you know somebody just doesn't know it all. Whatever it is, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Jesus, we are wide open, wide open right now to hear from you. Lord, challenge us, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit to be your witnesses and speak to us in these quiet moments. And in these quiet moments, may the Great Commission become our commission. just thank you for speaking to us through your word this morning. God, I pray for a fresh touch, new boldness, God. Lord, tonight, even as we see people enter the kingdom of God and give their hearts to you, may we just have an excitement in our heart to tell more people about Jesus. Jesus, be real to us as never before. God, I thank you for the authority and the power, God, that you give us. And most of all, God, I thank you for the fact that you are with us always. So, Lord, this week as we go, go with us, Lord. And may we talk about the one who is with us. We love you, God, today. We thank you. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you say it one more time with me? The Great Commission is my mission. It is your mission this week. That's why if you could just take your bulletin, not right now, but sometime, and think about inviting someone to one of these events. They're designed, we don't just throw things on the calendar, they're first of all designed to first of all connect us with God, but also to connect us with other people and and be a help in other people's lives. And so again, uh, just want you to take a look at that and, and um, see where you can maybe connect with someone. Also you see some really exciting things in there. I want to say congratulations to Eldon and Twyla. Can you just share our congratulations with them? And uh, also happy anniversary to Ron and Carol Atkins, fifty wedding, 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. Just, just so you know, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's awesome. So we celebrate with them. But think about how this week you can be on a mission for God and really do come back tonight. There's nothing like seeing people give their lives to Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me for the blessing? And uh, then you're on a mission to go and to tell. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing that rests upon your children. And God, I thank you that you have now put us on a mission to share that blessing with others. And so God, keep us safe, keep us strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I will see everybody at 4 o'clock in the gym because that's where we're going to have our picnic in there. Kids' ministry, 6 o'clock is uh, Harvest America. Fellowship with one another. If you need special prayer, I'll be down front and uh, be happy to talk with anybody. But God bless you and uh, go in the grace and the peace of the Lord.